welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right. Welcome back into the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Now a proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Check out this and countless other great fantasy sports shows over at FullTimeFantasy.com, at FullTimeFantasy on the tweeters, and of course you can always follow your boys at AsylumFantasySports.com, at AsylumFootball on Twitter, and if you want to get into that mailbag, AsylumFootball at gmail.com. The long national nightmare is over. Rick Briggs has remembered his USB flash drive. That's right. Hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen. It's on tonight. Oh, Rick's paperless tonight, and he is happy. Green Briggs. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Welcome into the asylum. We are Fligger Briggs, as Rick says we are, on the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. And uh, we're glad to, that you're here. Here it is, Rick, Thursday. we got a wipeout coming up, probably, with New England and oh, the Giants. What a disaster. What a waste no of Barkley. time. No Barkley. No Shepard. No Shepard. No Ingram. No Ingram. Daniel Jones may die. Today. Yeah, no Gallman even. No Gallman, yeah. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get to that. We'll predict it at the end, although I think you can probably predict our prediction <laughs> on that one. So I don't know, a lot to get into and not a lot to get into. Injury news kind of rolling in slow this week. Obviously, for those of you who've been following the show, we've moved back to Thursday night here on, on this show, kind of hoping to get you more up-to-date information on this every week. We're going to do this going forward, but still kind of quiet. A lot of guys up in the air, but we'll uh, we'll go through what we can, Rick. I think probably the most interesting uh, news of the week was Jay Gruden, be, Jay Gruden, if I could speak, being fired. Bill Callahan taking over in Washington, immediately names Case Keenum the starter this week. I kind of thought... Gruden got fired because he wouldn't start Dwayne Haskins. I guess starting 0-5 may be a good reason to get fired, but what a dumpster fire that one once-proud franchise has become. The, the league, I'm starting to think, needs to step in and get Daniel Snyder out of his own way. This is an embarrassment. <laughs> it really is. And I can't blame Washington fans for not Going to the stadium, I mean, it's terrible. I mean, this is going to be a, a classic matchup this week down in Miami, probably for that number one pick between the Dolphins right. <laughs> and the Redskins. But the problem is, we knew at the beginning of the year, and then right around week one, Miami was tanking it. And, yeah, and they're, they're doing a complete rebuild. Washington wasn't in that phase. No, I think I that mean, little moron thinks he can still win with this crap he has on the field, and apparently Jay Gruden was the only problem. I, yeah, I guess so. And it was kind of interesting that um, there was a tweet out there, I think it was Sage Rosenfels uh, tweeted out earlier in the week that he was drafted, I think it was 2000 or 2001, whatever the year was, <clears throat> and was with the Redskins, and they started 0-5, um, and, of course, they they worked and made some improvements as they went. Won eight out of the last 11. Then Marty Schottenheimer promptly got fired well, at an eight and eight after, you know, putting together a decent team. So, yeah, I mean, and, he, and then he, you know, finished it by saying some things never change. No, yeah, and that's just it. I Whether mean, or not Gruden was re- actually on the right track, we won't know. But how many years has he been there now? Was this year 
four, I think. He, he's the only. It could be. I mean, it's more reasonable that Gruden's fired right. than it was Schottenheimer, obviously, back in the day after his first year. But here's just but, what an a-hole Dan Snyder is and what a clown show this organization is. You knew, anybody who had ever watched football knew, with the injuries, with the holdouts, with everything going on, with the general lack of talent you'd assembled, this was at best a four-win team. Why not fire him in the offseason? Why fire him in week heading into week six? Why Did, did you hear this? They called him in at 5 o'clock yes. in the morning. I mean, just the hubris of this. I, I forget which player it was. If I was Jay Gruden getting called in at 5 in the morning, I'd have went to breakfast at about six thirty, <laughs> and just had a nice leisure because you know what's coming. No, he well, right? he's, they said he didn't go home. He just stayed. He knew what it meant. He packed his office because he didn't trust Dan Snyder's security detail to pack for him <laughs> and not lose things and steal things. This is basically, essentially what he said. So he stayed at the facility. He knew what was coming. Packed up on his own. I uh, was it Santana Moss, some former player, Lavar Arrington, I think was who it was. Was interviewed the other day and said the hubris of that little short douche that Dan (laughs) Snyder is, that even for the players, once you reach a certain stature in fame, in money, in tenure, you earn the right to call him Mr. Snyder. You never call him Dan. You earn the right to call him Mr. Snyder. Up until you reach that stature, it's like a king. You don't look at him or speak to him whatsoever. Are you kidding me with this? Meanwhile, you win four and a half games a year over the tenure you own in this team. What a clown. I'm serious. I I don't know what they can do. These are private entities, but the league got to step in. It's interesting you say that because I actually saw the exact same story about John Bon Jovi. Oh, really? Crews were not allowed to look at him. They were instructed, if he was walking towards them, to stop and turn their backs to him. So he he did not have to look (laughs) at them looking at him. You did not address him in any fashion. Well, they Whether were, or not that's true. I just, but well, I, I do know they were always weird. I'd read stories about them even where they kind of had their original deal. And they had the one rule in their early days that they weren't going to be the rockers who were drinking and doing all kind of drugs. And I don't know if it was a guitarist or a bassist. Some inconsequential part of Bon Jovi got wrapped up in drugs. So they threw them out. And then they brought the other guy in. To this day, he's in no promo photos. He's not spoken of. He's never around. <laughs> it's just he's the higher gun because he wasn't one of the originals. So it wouldn't surprise me. It sounds yeah. like John Bon Jovi's a whack job. Whoever this poor guy has been with a band now for 40 years and they still don't wreck. It's like, remember years ago when they had the scab baseball players, whatever the last right. strike was that they brought in scabs. And I can't remember his name now. There's one catcher for the Pirates, who ended up doing so well they kept him around. But he basically had his own locker room. The rest of his career, because he was a scab, he couldn't be acknowledged except for on the field. This is what John Bon Jovi's like, apparently. Yeah, and, and it's such a contrast, because, what was it, 1980 is when I told you about going in to see if I could, you know, they were looking for roadies for the Charlie Daniels band. He's in some greasy spoon yeah. off of I-75 <laughs> eating a buffet lunch. He's coming to town here in the next couple Is weeks, it? I think. We should go see old Charlie. Yeah, I've seen him God, three or four I've never times. seen him in person that I can remember. It's, he's He can play, no doubt about it. 
I feel bad when you watch the uh, farm aid now. Poor old Willie. They about got him propped up with a stick anymore. Well, he's like 83 yeah, or he's, something. Yeah. You, know, you, see, you see a guy like Mick Jagger. Who isn't he in his 90s or he's something? He's 75. And he's still, still flopping cruising. around and crooning. Uh, poor Willie isn't having the same uh, the same resurgence of his youth. Right. It, but I, another thing, I read a lot of stuff. I don't know if it was a manager or somebody that was with the Stones back in the day. And says, you know, you can surmise all you want. He did his share of stuff. He says, but Mick Jagger always took care of himself. He ate right, exercised, so forth. Keith Richard, on the other hand, you know, yeah, he's in still a coma. living. Yeah, I think he just preserved his body <laughs> in so much narcotics. He'll never die. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But uh, anyway, I, I don't know how we got there. So, so Washington stinks and, it, and it's terrible. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, moving on, Mason Rudolph back at practice, still in concussion protocol. We got from the the Washington Redskins stinking to Keith Richard is preserved, yeah, his mummified body, but still walking around. And a somehow it still felt like a straight line. I know it's not. If we had to do a Venn diagram, it wouldn't be a straight line, but it felt like it one. feels like it to us. Yeah. So that's all, Matt. Welcome to the inner workings of our twisted minds <laughs> yes. apparently so mason rudolph rick got he got a little well that was scary is it just me everyone talked about the awful hit the terrifying hit i didn't as i looked at it, it didn't look that no. bad i mean it was a headshot yes it to was be like out before he hit the ground it did not look that violent to me it looked just like the way he reacted is like you watching a boxing match when somebody gets nailed right on the button. Just mm-hmm. that it doesn't necessarily have to be that huge left hook like from Joe Frazier or something, but just that, just the yeah. perfect timing. I mean, he was actually throwing, coming forward. The other guy was coming towards yeah. him. It just he just hit him right in the button, just perfect. Yeah, but oddly, back at practice, you know, not ruled out yet. You know, he'll go through, continue to go through the protocol. They have a game Sunday night, so you know, don't know when we'll hear. Probably sometime Friday into Saturday. But uh, Devlin Hodges actually acquitted himself quite well, and we'll get into it in balls and socks. Yeah. Should have won that football game. Yes, they should have. All right, what do we got? Patrick Mahomes expected to be okay dealing with that ankle sprain. You know, they mentioned Sunday, which was the first time, and maybe it was just for me, maybe it's been talked about, you know, that it was a high ankle sprain that he'd been dealing with. And you saw, especially late in that game, if that, obviously he can soldier through and he he can man up and work through it, he's done it. I suspect he's going to continue to do it. No danger he's going to miss games. But I think one thing we saw, kind of the first flaw in Patrick Mahomes since he took over this job, if he is not mobile, if he finds himself immobile, he's nowhere near as effective. Oh, exactly. He's still a really good quarterback in the pocket, but the magic he can do out in space and creating space are the – things we've never seen before so you just wonder you know you keep nicking this thing up if this starts to become an issue down the road oh it's a high ankle sprain and if he aggravates it obviously it could affect him because it's going to affect his mobility and that's like you just mentioned is his key but he said it feels good it's not perfect but it feels good so yeah you can take him at word at that i don't think he's certainly not in danger of missing any games right now that's no, for sure no he's going to so why would Tyreek Hill kind of expected to play but as you brought up before we went on the air still not taking contact but most signs seem to point at least most media seems to point to him uh making his debut this week is this one of those scenarios i know you're a Tyreek Hill owner i don't think i have any shares of Tyreek Hill in all the leagues i'm in somehow 
as you look at this, is this are you getting him right in that starting lineup, or are you taking a wait and see and making sure he's healthy approach? Well, considering I have Devontae Adams leaning towards yet another well, that, absence, that help you yeah, anymore. I just don't have much choice. I'd like to get him in there uh, as, as quickly as possible because, you know, his production is something you just don't want to be without for too long. And, you know, time will tell. They're, they're, I think they're at Arrowhead against Houston this week. Big game. And coming off a loss – I think if he can go, he's certainly going to get out there. He was running around taking light practice last week. Right. This is yet another week. I, I'm optimistic. There's a lot of guys, and my general rule in these scenarios is, and I've been burnt on it, and it, it probably more times than I've been burnt, I, I've I've been proven right. I take a conservative approach with this. You know, I don't doubt he's healthy. It seems like they've taken a cautious approach. But just getting back in the flow of things, especially the way he plays the game right. and his size relatively. But this feels like a different case. Like you said, now we're going into two, I don't want to say full weeks of practice if he hasn't taken contact yet, but two weeks of practice and what this offense is and the different things they can do to limit his exposure to hits and ways he's going to get the ball in his hand. This is a guy, the minute I hear, you know, irregardless, your situation's easy, right? You got that question about Devontae Adams on Monday. You know, you're you're running one wide receiver too many as it is, so that's an easy decision for you. But the average Joe, there isn't many folks I would keep in my lineup that you've been sitting around and sitting on Tyreek Hill where I wouldn't say go for it. Maybe, maybe you get burned, but this feels like a very different situation. The only Sammy ca- Watkins has crashed back to earth. Yeah. You know, Hardman's well, kind of limited. hamstring yeah. yet again. Hardman's kind of a one-trick pony. You know, all the other guys, you had flashes of this guy and that guy. This is something they're missing. I think it's hurt Travis well, Kelsey. His numbers have been down a little bit. I think Tyreek Hill is the engine that makes this offense run, and they're going to get him right Patrick back And Patrick Mahomes, flow. as we just talked about, with a little, even if it's a little bit gimpy. Right. Limit some of this stuff that Damian Williams can do, who's had a knee injury. Right. LaShawn McCoy is getting some age on him. Like you said, um, Watkins in the hamstring. Uh, yeah, the talent doesn't look as extreme when the two main cogs are, are out or a little bit hobbled, does it? No. And, and that, that's the thing. And the only caveat I throw to him coming in this week is they have – a Thursday game in Denver right. coming up next week. So maybe we give him one more game off and then hit it on Thursday. Then he'll have another 10 days off. You could make that like argument. That. I could, don't know. You could certainly make that argument. It's Boy, talk about another argument for just how stupid these Thursday night games are. You, you look at it for the Giants. We won for this Thursday night game. Evan Ingram would probably be playing. There's a Stan St- Sterling Shepard could be playing. These Thursday night games are absurd. And that you're seeing it this week. You see it next week. You put it put the Chiefs in that situation with a Tyreek Hill. Right. I have to think about some stupid junk like that. I agree. Cam Newton already declared out for Week Six. What What do the Panthers do? Well, presuming he gets right and gets healthy this year, and Kyle Allen still playing, the, assuming he keeps playing the way he does, I mean, you can't keep Cam Newton on the bench, can you? Is is he old enough to say, you know, 
the last scenario I can think of was was, was Tommy Maddox and Ben Roethlisberger, which was really no match. There's no, you know, Cam Newton's an All Pro guy and a former league MVP. Hasn't been the same. Now he's injured, and this kid nobody's ever heard of is lighting the world on fire. What do they do when Cam Newton gets healthy? Yeah, boy, what did they do with uh, Drew Bledsoe when uh, he got healthy? Well, that's true. He kept you know, his butt it, on the bench. If yeah, they're that's win- a good example. If they're winning. Nobody heard of Tom Brady, but if they're winning, why would you take them out? Right. This, this team obviously is responding to him. He's performing, and they're winning. They they keep winning. Why would you switch this up? Now, just in case maybe later on he gets banged up or things start playing. Now Cam Newton's even that much healthier. Um I don't think Cam Newton's right anyway. I don't think his shoulder's right, let alone his foot. Right. And, you know, I, I've said this the last couple of shows. He's To me, he's the modern-day Dante Culpepper. It just might I, I be think over. He's, I think he's going off a cliff very quickly. Yeah, it may. It, it's going to be a tough situation, though, because a guy with the, the cachet of a Cam Newton, obviously the guy with the big contract that Cam Newton has, it's not as simple as winning and losing. It may be for Ron Rivera, but the pressure coming from the organization, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see. The other thing that I could foresee happening is in a couple of weeks here, whenever you get to that point when the IR would run you through the end of the year, if we're not there. We may already be there. I'm not even sure. Him to just quietly go on IR and get shut down, and then right. we'll have that conversation all and off. I'll throw, I'll throw this out to you, Rick. I obviously don't have any clue what goes on in the locker room and so forth. But if you have this young kid, they're winning. He's upbeat. He's excited. He's not wearing head scars and moping around <laughs> at the podium acting like the whole world's against him right. when they come off a bad game, something of that nature. I don't have any idea. So, I mean, this is all just, you know, assuming. But I think this kid has provided a spark to the locker room as well as everything Feels else. Like it. And he also Christian says Christian McCaffrey it, might have a little bit to do with that, too. Well, He's been so exciting to Oh, watch. no doubt about that. But – you know, to Cam's defense, he says that, um, you know, he's been showing up and helping the kid, you know, talking with him and going through stuff with him. So everything just could be copacetic. Maybe, Maybe he's just not in a big hurry to get back himself. Well, certainly, and that's where you don't feel any pressure as a player or as an organization right. to rush him back. Let's get him right. Maybe he still is Cam Newton. Maybe this is what he needs is about a year off. Could be. And this, this kid, you know, I don't know, is he Tom Brady? I doubt it. I, I don't know that. But he keeps winning football games, so – Maybe you have that discussion in the offseason. It's just going to be interesting to see if this thing keeps going the way it is. I think big news coming out of Pittsburgh, Rick. Jalen Samuels out a month dealing with a knee issue. I'll tell you what, load up on some Benny Snell right now if you can. I think he's going to touch the ball a lot, a whole lot. Oh, I think he's going to have to. Um, yeah, fortunately, it should only translate into, I think, two, maybe three games because the buy's in there somewhere. Right. And – but I don't know. They they've got to right this ship. The the running game still isn't there. Did I see this afternoon? James Washington's out for a while. Too? Yeah, is he's that out. true? Mm-hmm. That kind of popped up out of nowhere as well. Boy, you talk about having no depth, no talent on that team. All no, time. I mean you're down right now. You have Juju can't seem to hold on to the football, and then you have Deontay Johnson. 
Um, yeah, pick up the phone, Eli Rogers. I don't know. Yeah. Somebody needs to get in here. Yeah, uh, something's going on. Bad, bad times here in Western PA this year. Uh, we'll go through them real quick. Sam Darnold, apparently his spleen's all right. He's cleared to play and will start. Uh, lucky him. Yeah, I'm sure he can't wait to get back to that dumpster <laughs> fire. And then, as we've talked about, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Wayne Gollum out tonight versus the Patriots. Gollman. Did I say it wrong again? Yeah. Why can't I? Why is that such a blind spot for me? I don't know. All right, let's but get into take. You know, I didn't just let you go. So yeah, normally you just let me dangle and sound like an <laughs> idiot. Sure. And if I didn't do any, you know, post production, I wouldn't even hear it. <laughs> we got to get you another button. Yeah, I like that button. All right, what are your takeaways from last week, Rick? Well, I'll tell you what, Rick. One of them is, and I don't, I don't know what it is, but you remember last year how dynamic Thielen and Diggs were, and they, you kind of remember the so-so run game, right? But now they have Delvin Cook back. But now there seems to be only one receiver at one time seems to get any production. Right. And it, it's almost like the offensive game plan or Kirk Cousins can't seem to utilize all the weapons at the same time. I mean, if they could actually utilize all these weapons, they just might come out of this thing big time winners. if they find a way yeah. yeah i mean i don't understand 300 300 and some yards last year last week for kirk cousin like 306 and probably 60 percent of it went to thielen yeah you know, Diggs had i don't know 40 yards something of that nature and i think the rest went to cook but i don't know i don't understand is is there something i don't know why Diggs is so unhappy and I don't know, they're not planning on trading him, but it's kind of died down a little bit yeah, as far as. Down. But we don't know what his mental Yeah, I'm thinking attitude it died down is. just because he was told, shut up about it. Very you're under possible. contract and you're not going anywhere, right. so zip it, Stefan. <laughs> yeah, is, is what just I'm shut guessing. up. Just shut up. <laughs> right. Kind of the theme of this. So I, I don't understand. That's one of my takeaways. It doesn't seem like the this offense is certainly potent enough, but they don't seem to be running on all cylinders at all. I think here's the problem the Vikings have. The first one's not a problem. What they have going on now that they didn't have for the last year plus is a really good running game, an exceptional running game with an exceptional running back. We're we're seeing, you know, what they what he can what Dalvin Cook can do there. So the so that's not really a problem, but I think that ties into this. So you've got two problems as far as I'm concerned. Number one, Kirk Cousins just didn't that good. When the moment's big when the lights are on, whatever it is, he comes up small, he always has. He should compile stats most weeks. When it matters most, he comes up small. Number two, something we've learned that I didn't know before two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Diggs and Thielen apparently are diva-wide receivers. I mean, Thielen got the ball as much as he did last week because all his pissing and moaning and carrying on in the media to the point where, you know, uber-nice guy, not great quarterback, but uber-nice guy Kirk Cousins feels the need to publicly apologize to him for letting him down after Thielen spent all that whole Sunday prior crushing him in the media, not dealing with it in the locker room, crushing him in the media, plus in – all the carrying on Diggs has done. I've never seen any that diva side of him right. up until this year with all the trade talks. And now you've got a great running game, a quarterback who even without that great running game doesn't necessarily, I think, have the ability to feed to all the time. 
plus work that running game. And you've got a coach who would rather run the ball where he can. You, you've got a coach who wants to play deep. He wants to play in 1957 is where he'd be a great coach. Well, I think and that's – if these two are divas and you can't keep them happy, it, I don't know how it gets any better. The thing is, when this run game is as good as it is – they could beat anybody any week. Yeah, why can't you? Well, why not run the football? I don't care if you're boring right. or not. Yeah, and you should do it, it yeah. but apparently Thielen and Diggs can't handle it. Well, this and they act seeing. like they're on the 0-5 Redskins right. the way exactly. they're pissing and moaning. They're 3-2. and two. They're right in the thick of this thing. Um, in the AFC, most likely the, the toughest division in football. Right. Yeah, and, so. and they're right there at 3-2. and two. You would think that this would bring this team together. Look, we were close the last couple of years. You know, let's let's get her together. We still got the defense. We're Cook's healthy. We're healthy. Bob, but, but no. Now we have to whine because uh, my? yeah, I'm A B. I'm not getting yeah. enough catches. That's what it feels like. It's so uh, I, I think it could be a pro. Be, be interesting to see. You know, maybe maybe Thielen just had a moment of frustration and took it out on. I I don't know. Maybe Diggs. Maybe he gets told, "Look, you're not getting traded. Shut up and deal with." Maybe this all comes back together. Zimmer's a great coach and a good right. leader of men, from what I see. Maybe. He he can pull this back together. But for as successful as they've been, there, there's something brewing under the One surface thing I there. disagree with you on that is a heat-of-the-moment thing was Travis Kelsey and Eric Bieniemy. Right, right, okay. And then a little bit later, they showed it right there. He walked right up to Bieniemy. They hugged each other. Everything's cool. Thielen wouldn't let this drop. No, no. Anybody who every microphone he could get in front right. of, he was he was not going to let that drop at all. Yeah, so and that's what is more concerning to me. I would much rather have a Kelsey push me one time and then say, "Hey, man, I, I was hot. Sorry yeah. about that. You know that that was out they of never line." Never say what whatever. led to that. No, they're. Pros are well, keeping yeah. it in the I locker get, room. Right. Well, that's, that's simple a good as that. Point. You mean not going They're, to the media and whining? They about came it? right out. You know, we're done. We're cool. We've talked. We love each other. All the right stuff. Let's go. And I'll tell you what, I think that's a bigger problem for a guy like Thielen. This is somebody who nobody ever heard of until last year. You know, he goes out there and he has that huge year. Just a great story, right? Everybody's like, wow, this is so cool. This nobody from nobody gives a crap you. Look at what he's doing. And you see, boy, he's starting to smell himself a little bit. Now he slides right into the diva category. Adam Thielen needs to shut up. Yeah, just shut just up. Just shut up. I think we need to change the name of the show. <laughs> Dude, Forget the asylum, asylum. Shut up show. No, Asylum Stupid. Just shut up. That's yeah. the name of the show. <laughs> All right, Rick. My, my biggest takeaway is after just an absolute clunker, Mike Evans' inconsistency <laughs> this year is driving me freaking insane. You know, one thing is true, and I believe Chris Godwin was going to take a big leap forward. But I would argue with anybody all offseason who said he was going to supplant and lap Mike Evans. Well, it turns out those people were right. It's Godwin every week consistently. And then based on the matchup and based on enough big plays, Mike Evans is still getting his numbers. On aggregate, Mike Evans' numbers are still really good. But, boy, we'll get Bob Lung on here one day and talk about fantasy consistency. Mike Evans, I am pulling my hair out with this guy, and I don't understand why. seems like the better that offense rolls, the less of a role Mike Evans has in it. I agree, yeah. And speaking of Bob Lung, we we were trying to get him on tonight, but we couldn't get our schedules together. Maybe next week, we're not sure. But uh, we'll get Bob on here and just start talking about – Consistency, which is something he knows about, because I tell you what, that's about as wildly inconsistent this year with Mike Evans as right. you can be. 
and, you know, and, and you know, I did see a tweet. They talked about the air yards even last week. So it's not like he's not getting targets. I, I'll tell you what, it, and you you clap back on Twitter, which is what you do, and you're a noted Twitter troll, Rick Briggs. Not a troll. I am a, a troll. bearer of common sense. Well, here's what you need to understand. All right, and at your age, this is going to take a while. Sarcasm, as we speak to each other, number one, doesn't fly in today's woke society. Number two, it really doesn't work in print on social media. So that's why people keep yelling at you. Just but so nobody was really yelling. I mean, I really, in fact, if what you're referring to is they're talking about the air yards, and I said that's why air yards to me are meaningless. Give me targets, give me catches, give me receiving yards. Right, right. Simple now, as that. I mean, it's nothing sarcastic about that. I don't care how many times, Rick, if you're going down the field and I'm throwing bombs to you, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're not catching anything or I can't hit within 20 yards of you, it makes no difference how many air yards you have. What only matters is how many catches and how many receiving yeah. yards you have. Now, in general, I you know I'm 100% with you. You know how I feel about all that nonsense. I did, I, as the more I thought about that after I read that, it, it almost spoke to what this is with Mike Evans, though. It almost provided an explanation. I don't take it as any solace that this is going to get better. That's where the, the catch is, right. where everything you just said but when I look at it, he almost is getting the feel of Chris Godwin is going to be the guy, and Mike Evans is the big play guy. And you know in fantasy when you have a big play guy, you're going to be way up here one week, and you're going to be – you don't get any lower than he got last week unless he caught a ball and fumbled and could have taken a negative one. You know what I mean? But even then – so I, I think it is telling in that regard that more than anybody else in the NFL last week, they were taking deep shots oh, at I him. But yeah. and he is a deep threat guy, but he's also he used to be a possession a possession guy, guy, as guy well. and it goes right back to Thielen and Diggs. Right, right. You should be able to feed these guys. I mean, you don't you don't even have a run game like Minnesota has. Well, but what it tells you is they did try to when you looked at those I can't remember what they are now. It doesn't matter what those air yards were. They tried to feed him and it doesn't work. So yeah, I but guess how many targets? See, that's the thing. Was it a hundred and sixty yards on three targets? You know what I'm saying? Or was it 160 yards on seven targets, which is a big difference? Right. Well, that could be. But either way, I'd rather see the targets. I'll tell you what, I'll take that goose egg if he got six or seven targets. I'm frantically trying to look up right. his targets from last week. So if okay, you, you well, can, I'll pad here. Yeah. You know, and that, that's a good point. They may be trying to turn him into like a Ted Ginn slash Mike Wallace sort of guy, but Mike Evans ain't that. He is a deep threat, but he's an all-around receiver. He's better than that as far as I'm concerned. He is much better than a one-trick big play pony. You, you would think so. Well, he's proven that over the years. And, and the fact that Godwin has emerged should only enhance them. Um, sooner or later, you have to – Guard, guard, I knew this was going to be hard to say. Guard, Godwin. Guard, Godwin. Uh, um, and Evans has to be open. There's just, I. Um, okay, so here's the concern. All those air yards were hit. If, if I'm not mistaken, right, Rick, that tweet you replied to said he was the leading air yard receiver last week. That was on three targets. 
So that's a concern. My point right? exactly. That, that's where, but though I think that number is useful in looking at that. Right. If that's he was a good the air point. yard leader on seven, although you could then you just throw the air yards out and he had seven targets. Winston to did three. what Winston did, but now it's only three targets. You know, wondering, and you look at his targets: five, eight, fifteen, seven. So again, with the inconsistency, going back to right. my point, I don't know that this is about Jameis Winston, Mike Evans. Often, I don't know what it's just wildly inconsistent. And it's what, Tampa. Well, yeah. So, so there's that. All right, enough of that. You got another one? I well, said air yards way too many times in a positive light, and I've made myself sick. <laughs> well, you know, we you have to look at all things from all angles, and I mean, you did make a good point. You know, you, you look at that and you say, wow, Mike Evans, you know, he led the team in air yards. But it was three targets. Right. I mean, so that's – three times. They, which means he's heaving it down the field at him. Which are low percentage throws. Exactly. And Godwin was getting everything else. You got it. Getting everything underneath. Because uh, O.J. Howard sure isn't. Well, you see that he caught that foul ball and, boy, let yeah. the joke start. I was so, <laughs> it was funny the first time. And it was like, oh, my God, enough. We get it. He caught exactly. more balls in the wild in the playoff game. Than he had, and he had, blah, blah, blah. Shut up. Just it, shut up. You got it. Hey, you know, but some teams just don't seem – ready yet a couple examples chicago they fell behind 17 nothing then they take the lead then they collapse and lose it dallas you know he dak prescott's got dallas is getting exposed right now dak prescott has his flashes but crunch time come against a quality team finds him still lacking i think rams loaded with talent and they just certainly they just don't seem to have the groove as well as quarterback play just is lackluster, I would say. I mean, he's putting up some numbers, but he just – it's not sharp. You know, you watch some of the Rams game, Goff doesn't look sharp. And I don't know what the problem is. I mean, the defense is there, but they're getting shredded right time. Yeah, so, that's what I can't understand. And we'll get into it later, um, but it looks like Todd Gurley may be out too. Yeah, so. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think – the the Bears, you know, to take those three teams, the Bears, I'm willing to put that in the just weird in London, wacky crap happens. I'm just willing to put that in a box. But we've you've already got your seen backup, Trubisky. You've got your backup, but defensively for them to to let the Raiders come right. down and take that game back, that's a fluke. I, I'm not concerned about that. The Rams is interesting because the Rams all go back to when this started with got with the offense being slow. It happened through the playoff run, even though they got to the Super Bowl. You know, obviously should have lost the NFC Championship game. The offense was non-existent in the Super Bowl. The offense has been spotty, if not bad, so far this season. What's the common denominator? This is when Todd Gurley and his decline has started. Right now, yeah. there's like a chance he might be out. The, I don't know if it's he's unhealthy now. If it's whatever this load man. Whatever well, it is, it's not right. He's got a deep thigh or a quad. But I just yeah. think for the year in his performance, if it's just this load management or it's the knee concern, they're not the same without a running game. Jared Goff isn't a drop back, throw it 50 times kind of quarterback and win the game. He can do it and put up numbers Kirk Cousins, Tony Romo style, but you see it. He'll throw the bad pick. He'll he'll make the bad read. He When that offense was rolling and they looked scary, is they had that dominant running game in Todd Gurley, and then every time Jared Goff threw it, he's throwing it 60 yards downfield, and there's three guys wide open fighting for it. It wasn't a defender within nine miles. So, <laughs> exactly. you know, I, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a big deal right there. So I don't know if – you know, if Gurley can get right here at some point and they, they take the, the reins off him, I don't know. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely worried about the Rams. I'm 
underwhelmed by them to this point. I agree. All right, last one I got, Rick, is just more officiating madness. Rick, <laughs> I cannot take it anymore. Oh, it's just... It is the leading story coming out of every NFL Sunday anymore. You, you, you go back to, you know, I'll keep it home or that roughing the passer penalty against the Steelers oh, in Baltimore. Pitiful. He wrapped them up around the thighs. I just, I, I don't know. You call it from 50 yards down. And here's what I've decided. It's not the official's fault. This is the league's fault. And it's simply this. There are just too many freaking rules. There's just way too many rules. I think it's the same problem we have in this country. There's just too many darn laws. You know, you you don't even know half the time when you're breaking the law. And if a policeman or an NFL official gets in their head, they want to take you down for something, they can find something because they have enough law. Do you ever watch, Rick, Live PD. I'm obsessed with it. I've this seen show. that, I, yes. I am completely obsessed with it. And what I've decided, essentially all the show is mainly is policemen driving around and pulling people over for burnout taillights and burnout. Did, did you know you had to have a light on your license plate? And if it was burnout, that they can pull you over for that. Or people sitting in parking lots and stopping and IDing them and it always leading to something. There's always some law they can get them on. But then, of course, everybody always runs, and it becomes real exciting, so I like that. Yeah, Explain this to me. makes you wonder if it's just not like another survivor. You know <laughs> well, what I mean? <laughs> they do a good job selling it as real, right. anyhow. Because it's like watching the red zone only with police because they hop to wherever <laughs> the action is. And maybe right. that's why I'm so obsessed with it. But I, I'm in it for the chases. But here's what I always wondered. Why is it illegal to run from a policeman? That's a crime. I don't think that should be a crime. If you chase me, I'm going to run. There, there was one poor kid. He was walking through. They got some word in some apartment complex of somebody selling drugs or using drugs. It's always about drugs. That's all that happened. So the police pull up, and they say, hey, man, come here. So he turns and bolts. Well, they chase him down, and they tase him and tackle him and beat the hell out of him. <laughs> and he said, what would you run for? He said, well, you were chasing me. Well, when I tell you to stop, you got to stop. I didn't do anything wrong. So they ripped through his book bag, through his pocket. He didn't have any drugs. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't have any warrants. He said, you started chasing me, so I ran. And he got the hell beat out of him and then didn't even get arrested. Why is that a crime? You come into my yard and start chasing me around, I got to stop? No, get out of here. What's going on? Too many rules. I don't know how I got there. Too many rules in the NFL. That's what it is. Too much well, to interpret. And the, and the thing is, it, it's everything is always refined. And now we are challenged. And you have cameras on every angle, and it doesn't matter what they do, it's under interpretation and review. It shouldn't be that complicated. It shouldn't be. Um, some of these holding calls are ludicrous. I mean, you have a 300-pound guy coming at you, and, and you're allowed to put your arms up between the shoulders. Right. But if he happens to just sidestep you and your hand gets caught in his uniform, well, he pulled a uh, – that's a hold. Well, yeah, that's and, the one that pisses me off too, right? I got my hands on your chest. You take two steps to the left. Now my hand's on the outside of your shoulder, right. and I've committed some type of crime. Right. Shut up. He moved. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see face mask. Obvious call. I can see – Oh, that's the one they seem to miss the most yeah. somehow. Um, blatant holding, obviously. Um and and I'll tell you another one that that 
Heinz Ward was famous for it, laying people out on these runbacks and everything. You can't hit anybody if they don't see you. Bro, that's just stupid. Tell them to put their head up. Yeah, I mean, that's just stupid. I don't care. You know, you got a guy that's running a a, a 4-5-40 heading down there, all flying at full speed, and and you hit this guy to knock it, and you could have made the tackle. How is that illegal? That drives me nuts. The whole thing, it's just, like I said, it it goes back to there's just too many rules, and it's too much to interpret, too much scrutiny. What I've decided what replay needs to be, back how you used to consume your porn back in your youth where you go to that truck stop with the peep show, you know what I mean, and you put your quarter in and the window would slide up for about 30 seconds. That's what review should be. You really sound like you know what you're talking about. I've never done that. Well, we talk, you know. We we spend (laughs) a lot of time together. So I think they go to that replay booth. They got 30 seconds. The curtain comes up. You look at it for whatever angles you have for that amount of time, and then the curtain comes back down. And if you haven't seen enough to change your mind – done number two get rid of this pi thing again we talked about this last week the official said we're not overruling anything there are so many obvious overturns out there each and every week and they flat out refuse to do it so get rid of it or punish the the punish that, the officials well, for not that, following that, that rule the whole thing is what started all this crap was that new orleans ram game right they could have they could have ended that right then and there by saying Yes, we were wrong. The Saints got robbed. But you know what? This guy will never referee a game ever again. Simple enough. Yeah. Done. You don't have to change the whole rules and the whole complexion of the National Football League. No. I mean, if you're you're in a plant and you're operating a machine improperly and it kills 10 people, you're not going to still be working there. And they're not going to change the machine. Yeah, they're not going to say, Rick is too dumb to operate the machine, so we're going to spend a billion (laughs) dollars on a new machine. We're going to throw Rick's dumb ass out of here. This is what we're going to do about it. So, I don't know. Something's got to be done. If it wasn't for fantasy football, these games are just getting harder and harder to watch. And it's no bueno. All right, you got anything else, or is it time for balls and socks? Yeah, why not? Game ball goes to. Game ball stinky socks, Rick. Game ball goes to. You start this show. Well, there are a ton of them this week. But I'm going back to um, last week when my start of the week, it seemed to take you by surprise with Will Fuller. Yeah, you might have got that one right. Yeah, I think I hit on that. Bad. Wasn't bad. Wasn't too awful bad. Uh, depending on your fantasy scoring, it was it was up there. Fourteen receptions, two hundred seventeen <laughs> yards, and three touchdowns. Had a pretty good week if your scoring settings are geared towards receivers. Exactly. So um, no, just a, a magnificent performance. Of course, it was a real shootout, and uh, it was nice to see him come back. So awesome for Will Fuller. You at all concerned about DeAndre Hopkins? Oh. Been very quiet. Very I have no quiet. idea what's going on. I have no idea what's going on with him. It, it, it's strange, isn't it? it I, I, don't, I don't understand it. He's been – look, I mean, it sounds stupid to say Fuller isn't going to do this every week. Nobody would do that every week. But I wouldn't be surprised again this week if Fuller had another three-catch for 45-yard performance. This was, I think, obviously matchup-based, and I'm pretty sure there's probably a 50% chance that Will Fuller is being injured right now. That's kind of kind of the thing he does. You know, the takeaway is the offense put up those, that, those big numbers, you know, walking – Watson, I'm sorry, threw for 7,000 yards and 15 touchdowns, and DeAndre Hopkins was not a part of it whatsoever, and it's kind of been the theme this year. 
And the funny thing is, is because we're so used to DeAndre Hopkins' numbers, he's still tied for seventh yeah, in, feel in receptions. Like no, it doesn't. It stuns can, me, actually. But he's that. almost 200 yards behind Michael Thomas. And he only has the two touchdowns. He's never had a, a tremendous amount of touchdowns. But, um, you know, if you look at Godwin, he has six. You know, Amari Cooper has five. You know, and Hopkins has two, and he's at 347 yards. So, I mean, yeah, he's been quietly, eh. Yeah, it's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which you don't expect, yeah, from probably the only first-round receiver in most of your drafts. You got it. I'm going right to it, Rick. I'm angry. I'm tired of it. Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, a lot of chance he wasn't even going to play. Not only did he play, he finally put up some decent numbers. But for the second time in a very short period of time as far as the NFL calendar goes, this dope has put the ball on the carpet and what essentially ended the Steelers' season. He ended last season with that fumble in New Orleans. Look, not that I think the Steelers were going to take some great strides and make a playoff run this year, but the difference between two and three and one and four, and I just feel I like the kid. Number one, I don't think he's a number one wide receiver now. I, I've after only five games, I've become convinced of that. I think he is the ideal complementary piece. I don't think he can be the one, the the guy. I don't think he can be that guy. Number one, number two, you know, all the time with the commercials and on the instant face and on this and in doing that and in the community, great guy in the community. Seems like the nicest kid in the world. But he just keeps botching it when it matters most. And I feel like he gets a pass for him and James Conner, for that matter. James Conner, how many games? I think they combined they've given away five games with late-game fumbles in situations where the Steelers should have otherwise won. So I'm sorry, Juju. You're a nice kid. You're not a number one wide receiver. And for this week and for that fumble, just the biggest, gnarliest, filthiest, stinkiest sock you can ever come up with. Right in your ear, I'm done with you, Juju. I've had enough. <laughs> I agree. I you couldn't have said it better. I think he deserves a pair of them. Yeah, give them both. Yeah, you got it. I got give one, one in Con- the trunk. Give one to Connor if that joker plans on putting the ball on the carpet again this week, too. <laughs> I agree. You stink. Eight for 22. 100 yards, no touchdowns, <laughs> two picks. Look, I know the O-line sucks. But uh, Baker Mayfield, he's, boy, I tell you, he's getting panicky back there. He's getting happy feet. He's making poor decisions. And he's trying to make plays like he did in college. Right. And it doesn't work in the NFL. And he's going to have to learn real quick. Look, you have Jarvis Landry. You have Odell Beckham. You got Nick Chubb. Use them. That's the problem. There's no excuse that offense is. I know the offensive line is bad, but with those weapons, come on. And now you're already starting to lose Beckham. Yeah, it didn't. It doesn't take much. No, I mean you're you're losing him now. You're two and three. Um, You're overthrowing him when he's open. He's making some drops. There's just something there that's not right. And I'll tell you what, it's um, not that I care, but with all the hype. All the talking, all the bragging. You got a big sneaky sock there, Baker. Well, and he deserves it. And I think his biggest problem is something that I'm a little familiar with in my life. Not to the same level, but I'm very familiar with this. His biggest problem is his big stupid yap 
I've gotten myself in more trouble in my life because of my big stupid yap. And he's the same way. I think here's what this kid needs to understand. You're in college. You know, I like the cocky guy, Rick. You know that. I love that. We talk about that on the oh, yeah. show all the time. But you're out there, and you're gum flapping, and you're chest thumping, and all this nonsense, and you do it all off season. And the, you know, bringing in Beckham was a big part of it. But so much of this was just, you know, how well he played last year, and then him running his stupid yap. And now, all of a sudden, a game otherwise. Teams would think, ah, we're playing the Browns. It's week four, just another week. Now it's no. Now I want to kill that guy. He's out there running his yap. I've been busting my hump my whole career, and this guy shows up, throws a handful of touchdown passes in November, and now all of a sudden he's Jesus? Ha, watch this. And I think he's become a victim of that. He loses his team. He loses Odell, which he's on the way. This thing is going to get ugly quick if something doesn't change. Oh, you got that right. And I tell you what, if you're going to run your mouth – all the time, you better be Muhammad you, Ali. Yeah, you, you better back, back it up, up all bet. the time because he's not backing it up, and that's the key because, people, like you said, people, hey, this guy driving me crazy. I'm going to get mine. Right, absolutely. All right, here we go. Speaking of another guy who's smelling himself a little bit, a little bit with the yap and is all kind of weird, Gardner Minshew, Rick, did it again. Even in a loss, did it again, 374 yards, two touchdowns. Is it really possible? Is it really, really possible that in the long term, something called a Gardner Minshew is a star quarterback in the National Football League? Sure it is. The kid, uh, he's he does all the right things. He's not making stupid plays. Right. I mean, even that last Hail Mary. You know, they got knocked down by um, Keekley in that game against the Panthers. It was there. I mean, it was just, you right. know, I mean, he's not just not just w- winging around, wailing it out there in the middle. He's making smart moves. He's making he, – I mean, he throws it away when he has to. He makes – he's got a good arm on him, um, and he certainly seems to have command of the offense and all the confidence in the world. And that team sure has been clicking offensively a lot better under Gardner Minshew. Absolutely. Of course, we haven't seen what Foles would have done. But, right. you know, I mean, taking over the way he did, yeah, I mean, I think this kid, yeah, you go back to the old Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady thing. You can see Nick Foles hitting the bricks oh, again. I, w- I would think so. I just, I, I'm just so slow to get there. And every week he does it again. It's just, I'm having a hard time buying a, whatever a Gardner Minshew is, is the dude. Well, the, the but he's the dude. The funny part is, is it so hard for some people to accept that like a Gardner Minshew is going to be a good quarterback because he wasn't hyped up, but Kyler Murray is easy, right? Right. And yeah. five foot ten. Yeah. I mean, not taking anything away from him, he's been playing well, and he's probably going to be a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but it's kind of funny just because you know you have one guy who's like a, a small, quick, fast running guy, and another guy looks like he's walked out of a 70s porn flick <laughs> he really and, does and, but he's doing everything right and and he's making good throws he's got a good arm on him so yeah more power to him i think he's going to be just fine all right let's do one more each and let's get out of here and watch some football tonight well game ball goes to very positive today lots of game balls oh yeah i me. haven't given my sock have i or yes i did i gave it to baker yeah Mayfield. you just gave baker one yeah well, I mean, yeah, we we have to go right back to uh, 
Christian McCaffrey. I mean, just week after week. I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm not going to just sit here and say, well, that's what we expect from him. This guy is just elite, and I'm going to give him a game ball. He nervous about that usage? He nervous, but you can already see that you know, he's not practicing Wednesdays or really easing him into it, which is infinitely smart, a smart thing to do. I feel like he's just a different kind of athlete that where he can withstand this. But I got to tell you, as somebody where he's 25 to 30% of my fantasy scoring every week, I'm terrified. If you put up 237 yard total yards and three touchdowns against Jacksonville, you can take the day oh, off. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you probably are sore. Yeah. I, yeah I, sit in a whirlpool a while. I you know. just worry. I just worry. I think it's easy to say, and who knows, right? We've not been in this – he hasn't been in this situation before. He really is the whole offense, right? Right. You know, I don't know. But we've seen backs like this before. We've seen – Marshall Falk. Maybe he's a we've throwback. Seen, we've seen Ladalian Tomlinson. True. We've seen Jim Brown. I mean, some of these guys have done it That's year true. after year. Maybe, Barry Sanders. Maybe he's in that mold. Yeah. I, I guess we hope so. All right, which way am I going to go? I'm, I've been fussy this week, Rick. So I'm going to give out another I stinky sauce. I love it. Stay negative. I'm going to give it to this guy, but to bring in the larger conversation, which I tend to do. Keenan, Keenan Allen, four catches, 18 yards. Obviously crushed you this week, a guy who's your number one wide receiver. But I bring it up. We obviously know I don't expect any long-term concerns for Keenan Allen. Every receiver has a game or two like this every year. I could not be more underwhelmed with this. I almost said San Diego. I'm going to say it because they're always the San Diego Chargers to me. Concerned about the San Diego Chargers offensively. I've been underwhelmed pretty much the entire season. I'm starting to get really concerned about it. Is this the end for a Phil Rivers? Is it? Is it just something missing? Something doesn't feel right. Well, there. yeah, they have an injury list as long as your well, arm. There's that. And, yeah, Phil Rivers also had a bad game last week as well. I think the whole team is just not performing what, we thought. I mean, both sides of the ball have injuries. Hunter Henry's been running around in practice. We're getting Melvin Gordon back. Mike Williams still trying to get healthy. He's always nicked up. Yeah, and if if they can get these pieces together, I'd like to see because you know, well, they were your favorite. Obviously, yeah, I had them winning the, the whole Bowl. the whole Blicky, but, if um, I remember. Yeah, I mean, it's concerning because they're not healthy and they're not keeping pace with other teams with all these injuries but you know they're gonna they're gonna have to try to adapt they have Eckler back Gordon's well he never went away but Gordon's back along with Eckler right Henry should be coming back Keenan Allen can't stay in check you're not gonna keep him checked no. forever that's for sure now, every time he has a game like this I would fully expect him to have 14 catches this week against the Steelers which would be very very possible <laughs> yeah, especially put him in the slot he might have 25 catches so all right, Rick, before we get out of here, let's pick it tonight. The Giants catching 17 heading into New England. Yeah, and um, it's just not going to be enough. Uh, New England 42, Giants 17. They don't have any weapons left, and um, I don't even know how they're going to get to 17. But. Yeah, it's just a matter, really. I mean, it's easy, right, that the Patriots cover that number, which has been a very common number, you know, 15 to 18 in the NFL this year. just tells you maybe all these parody experiments aren't quite working out right now. 
you just were number one the weather. You know the weather. There are some weather concerns up in Foxburg. Number two, can the Patriots stay interested long enough on a short week? I, I worry about a backdoor cover. I don't know if I'd put any real money on this game. But essentially, Tom Brady and what's been the best defense in the NFL, bar none this year, are going up against the New York Giants practice squad. And from what I recall, their original squad wasn't expected to be very good. So I got the patch here 41-9. I don't even think Daniel Jones can lead that team into the end zone. What what a waste of a Thursday night game. Yeah, it really is. And and here's something just to touch on real quick before we get out of here. You know, we talk about – you know, I've listened to a couple of guys this morning on the radio talking about the the, the Patriots coming off that 16-10 to 10 win of Buffalo. He goes, you know, are, are we seeing the decline of Tom Brady, blah, blah. They're saying he had no answers for, for Buffalo and, and this, that, and the other, and they haven't played anybody other than Buffalo, which all proves true. I mean, right. you look – Pittsburgh isn't that good. They destroyed Miami. They destroyed the Jets. They had that tough game against Buffalo and then the Washington Redskins. So they really haven't played anybody save Buffalo. But here's the thing. Buffalo's only lost to New England as well. Exactly. And give Bill Belichick another crack at them. You know, we've seen this before. He might hang 30 on them next time. Exactly. We've seen this before where they've gone to Miami when Miami wasn't the dumpster fire that they are now and get beaten. And and they're 2-2 and or they're 3-2 and or something after five games. And they go on this roll because Belichick, because they start playing these guys again and they destroy them every time they play them the second time. Right. So, I mean, I'm not buying into Tom Brady going down the tubes right now. Yeah, he's getting older. He's not going to last forever. Nobody does. But this team right now is devastating. I will say this. Now, they're going back to the Super Bowl unless Kansas City can go in and outscore them. I think that game will be a coin flip when we get down to that in the AFC Championship. I will say this on the Tom Brady front. We saw against Buffalo, and even though he put up big numbers, I think we saw a little bit of it in Washington last week, especially early on. Kind of that Tom Brady you see in the Super Bowls that they lose, the two against the Giants, the one against the Eagles, where he's kind of, I don't want to say fidgety in the pocket, he's too much of a pro to be that, but he decided he's not taking a hit, he's content to slam that ball in the ground, everything's a little off, he looks unhappy the whole time. We've seen that a couple times. You usually don't see that in the regular season with Tom Brady. That seems to happen when they get eliminated where defenses are able to frustrate him. Look, I I am done. I think starting three years ago, I started predicting every time he had an off game, finally, this is the end. I'm done being in that business. But I think we're seeing a little bit of that. Now, the difference being with this team, this defense is so good, it doesn't matter. And I'm willing to accept that perhaps – That Buffalo game was just him saying, look, I am not going to stand in here and take a hit unnecessarily when I don't have to because these fools aren't going to score on us. So I'm going to put up the 13 or 14 we need. That'll be plenty, and I'm getting out of here without taking a hit. So it may be simple as that. It could be that calculated. They're good enough to do that. And they have the Giants tonight. Yeah, that's a bye They have the Jets coming up, the Browns after that. I mean, they're easily 8-0. How's their schedule always? I guess it's that division being that easy. Well, yeah, right? you got their schedule six... always looks so easy. Always. Yeah, I mean, because there's never more than one of them that's any good. Right. This year it happens to be Buffalo. 
So and Buffalo's just not good enough offensively to really be a threat. I think Buffalo's a good team. They're not built to beat the New England Patriots. As close as that game was, they're not built to beat the New England Patriots. No, it doesn't seem that way. I, I just don't think that they can plan like a Belichick can. No, well, certainly Let's not. get out of yeah, here. That's, all right, thanks so much for joining us. We will be back uh, tomorrow night, I guess, Rick, Friday night. We'll give our uh, starts and sits. We'll predict all the games and answer. Open and pay up the attention, mailbag. man. We crushed it last week. Did we? Yes, nice. we did. Good for us. At Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com. You want to be part of the mailbag. Everything answered, the best read on the air. Good luck till next week. We'll see you. Take care.